date to your potential, inspiring, educating, and empowering single members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our hosts are Peggy Matheson, betrayal trauma recovery expert, and Sharon Collier, certified life and relationship coach. The sun is shining. We are so excited to get outside. It's April, and this is episode 44, the fourth month of 2023. And I don't know about you guys, but in Utah, we've had a winter that has lasted forever. And so this sunshine is so welcome. Yes. Anyway, I had to just say that. No more snow. No more snow. So we're going to talk about dating after grief, and Sharon's going to take it away. All right. Um, First thing I want to talk about would be our brain fog, which Peggy knows she called it trauma fog. (laughs) Trauma fog, yeah. Trauma fog. Um, We've referred to it in the widow group as widow fog, Mm -hmm. but... Any way you want to um, refer to it, it is the fog you get after you lose somebody. And you know me, I'm into the brain chemistry of all this. Yep. And what's literally happening is that grief is taking over your frontal lobe. So if you know anything about your frontal lobe, it's responsible for your logic, for your understanding. Making decisions, thinking through things, reasoning well. Yes. And it shuts down. It does. And supposedly you're only only able to think of one thing at a time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And the example it used, I I had a brain that was making breakfast. (laughs) I don't know if if you've ever seen the presentation with the brain that's making breakfast where everything was sunny side up and the sausage and the bacon were sizzling and everything was busy in the brain. And then the next one was grief brain and it was just scrambled eggs. And it says only one thing at a time. And I, I stole it from the internet and it's like, putting your pants on, going to the grocery store, you know, I had this list of things. And I thought, I certainly hope you put your pants on before you go to the grocery store. But I vividly remember driving places and stopping at a stoplight and saying to my kids, I'm sorry, where were we going? Oh, wow. It's like, because driving was enough. Yeah. Driving was enough at the time. And I thought, wait a minute, why are we in Orem? (laughs) Why did we just drive from Pleasant Grove to Orem? What are we doing here? And my daughter was like, oh, mom, every single time. So I'd think really hard before I'd ask. (laughs) Kids, wow. Yeah, no, this is true. The the brain, the brain, the frontal lobe shuts down and all, it goes to the, the, fight, fight, or flee, freeze. It just kind yes. of goes to the primal brain. And this can be any kind of trauma. It doesn't have yes. to be death, but it can be any kind of trauma. Most of us out of a divorce or de- um, uh, someone who's pa- spouse who's passed away are going to deal with this. Well, yeah. And your sister passed away, which was not your spouse, although she was your identical twin sister. And you've been going through this. I have been going through this. As a matter of fact, there, there are things that I've like missing in my memory. I'm like... Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got to give myself some grace, but I'm like, why? Well, I can't remember. I can't remember that. And somebody asked me a question. I'm like, I can't even remember what I did last week, and something. And that's so unusual for me. I mean, yeah. it's getting better, but but yeah, I noticed it. Yes. So, so this this disconnect that you're going through, and it does feel foggy, doesn't it? Feel foggy. It up feels here? very foggy. It feels like there's a haze. Like yes, uh, fog is such a good word for it. But this is not a good time to be making big decisions. No. 
whether you've lost your sister, your spouse, your child, a child, losing a child is a completely different trauma. You know, no matter who you've lost, this is just a good note for anybody who has suffered through grief is to not make any big decisions during this time. I remember my life insurance agent saying, let the dust settle. Yeah. You know, he handed me a nice healthy check and he's like, do not spend it yet. (laughs) Let the dust settle. And I thought, Oh, wow, that was good advice. That was good advice. Yes. So let me ask you this. I have a question. Sure. When someone, because part of what I've realized I've been dealing with for like a couple of years, because my sister's been sick for five years, is that I've actually been grieving for a long time. Yes. So when when you've got a partner that's been sick for a long time and then they pass away. So so do you you think this brain fog is still there, you know, if they've been grieving for a long time? Um, I'm going to say yes, because you know as well as I do, when that happens, when death happens, it's like there's no going back. That is a permanent thing. Yeah. And I think I think that is as jarring as anything else, isn't yeah. it? Even though you're ready for Even it. Even though yeah. you're ready for it. But I do feel like people who have grieved for a year and a half do feel like the grief process might be a little bit easier than somebody who had a traumatic sudden death, like absolutely. a car accident or a suicide. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, but everybody's different. Somebody who grieved for two years while they were losing their spouse might just hit them different. And so there really isn't... There's no formula. No, there's no formula. There's no guide to this. I, the reason I ask is because I've, I've, I've seen widowers go out and start dating like four months after or, you know, right. soon after their spouse passes away. And so I think the thing that I'm learning is that everyone grieves differently. There is no set time. There's nothing like that. So, yes. so I think that, that everybody, it's individual when you're ready. And so what we're talking about today is going to help you understand when, when are you ready. When you really are and ready. And you'll have to make that decision yourself, of course. And, and you do. And um, the first thing I want to say is a lot of people do date too soon. Oh, and a yeah. lot of people medicate by dating. dating. There is a hole in your heart and they think it can be filled with somebody else and they go out there and make a whole bunch of mistakes. And there is a lot of people who married too soon in my widow group who have been married and divorced. Because of this very thing. Because they just were not ready. Their head was not in a good place. I hope our listeners, did you hear that? I feel like I've seen this so, so much. Yes. Where people medicate through dating and then they get into a relationship before they're really ready. They think they're ready. They think this is all good. And then... Bam. Well, our bodies are wired to pair off. Man was not meant to be alone. We know this. And so you start feeling lonely. Right. And just because you're feeling lonely does not mean that you're ready to date. Correct. You know, it's <laughs> Correct. just it's just a fact. We have to have some self-discipline and self-knowledge and understanding of this is just part of the process. Yes. But for heaven's sakes, take a step back and don't jump in too soon. Right. Well, um, breaking up too soon after your spouse dies. It's like a formula. If you could write a formula, let's just put that on a chalkboard in your brain. Breakup equals grief times two. Mm. If you are still grieving and you have broken up with someone, that is double grief. Because it's another loss. It's another loss. And so you don't want to do that to yourself. Yeah. You know, you don't want to do that to yourself. I want to bring up something here too, that a lot of times grief, grief, like a big, like what we're talking about here, a loss of a a partner, whether it's through death or divorce can trigger previous griefs that we losses that we have never grieved. Yeah. 
and take this opportunity to grieve all of it, get it out of your system because this breakup equals grief times two, that, that's a big pile on that's, that would be so hard. I personally don't want to, wouldn't want to choose that. Right. Don't choose that. But if you haven't really cried over something, someone you've lost in the past, or you haven't really gone through the whole process and our society really encourages us to jump back into life, just you know, yeah. get over it and move on. I oh, mean, yeah. somebody it's said like, that to me. Off, walk it off. Somebody yeah. said that to me um, last weekend, and I was like, "Hello, what? Get over it and move on." No, I'm I'm moving, right? But I'm not going to yeah. get over it, and move on because I'm giving myself the time I need, and I don't know what that is. No, and you don't know what it is until you're kind of mostly through it. I remember my cousin was my attorney, and and we had to get all sorts of papers and stuff to get into some of Jeff's bank's account, bank accounts. And he said, um, are you through the knot hole yet? And I said, I don't know that reference at all. And he goes, well, if you had to squeeze yourself through the knot hole, it wouldn't be very pleasant. Like, are you on the other side of the fence there? Ah, <laughs> you know, and uh, I was like, oh, like, okay, because like, how do you ask that? Are you over it yet? It's like, no, I'm not going to be over it ever you know it's like I've adjusted to it and that's what I tell people mostly we're all well adjusted you know we've all yeah. adjusted but I felt like after the year mark it's like what you said everyone's like oh it's been a year so you guys are good oh thank you thank you for deciding that for me <laughs> you know <laughs> nobody can decide that for you don't let and anybody it's like oh you got life you. insurance you're good oh yeah because yeah. the money made a difference yeah people are trying to be well-meaning and going oh good you know for yeah. their own sake so they don't feel bad. Yeah. But you might awkward. still be grieving. Yeah. So yeah, don't do this and break up. Don't yeah, jump in and then break up. But that's it's it's well, just too you early. Can. It's just you're asking for it. But I, you know. I know you're asking for double the pain. And I feel like the people that have been on like my widow, the widow page, the LDS widow and widower page. There's about seven thousand members. I feel like when they've broken up with somebody, it it makes the spousal grief double. It's like all of a sudden the death is that much more painful. It's like, oh my gosh, you died and I've tried dating and it's not working and the whole world's going to end right now, you know? Oh. And so it's hard. So just keep that in mind before you just jump back in um, that you want to just take enough time to get through it all. Yeah. So good plan, right? Yes. So I, I wanted to talk before we get into some, some fun stuff about moving forward about some trauma responses that I've seen in dating. Some trauma. So, so pay attention here, guys. If you see, are you dating someone and this is the response you're getting, that means they haven't healed their trauma. Red flag. Right. And, you know, and it's just the trauma from the death. We're not talking about childhood trauma or trauma they brought into their last marriage or maybe their marriage was bad. We're not talking about this. I'm talking about how the grief trauma shows up in dating situations. So the first one is fear, like I'm never going to date again. <laughs> My body's telling me I need to pair off. I'm lonely, but fear is keeping me from even putting up a profile or, you know, even considering asking somebody out on a date or accepting a date. So just being at a standstill is, you know, is fear. And that's a pretty a pretty strong response, but a lot of people will associate dating with marriage and marriage means I have to bury my spouse. So that's a tra uh, trauma response, right? So what do you, what do you do when, when somebody notices that they've got that fear coming up? 
we do a lot of talking. <laughs> Go do. talk to Sharon. <laughs> so do. would they have to work through it? They do have to work through it. And a lot of times I ask them, if she was here right now, what would she tell you? You know, and on occasion, there's been someone whose spouse said, please don't ever date again. I don't want you to love someone more than me. And that is a hard one to work through. That would be hard. But most people are like, you need to move on. Most spouses that have passed, you need to move on. And it's like, well, what would they tell you right now? They'd tell you, don't be sad. Don't be at a standstill because of my death. They would be sad that you were at a standstill because of this death. And the second thing I would tell them is go on a practice date with a friend. Call it a practice date. Good idea. Call somebody up, say, hey, would you go on a practice date with me? Because this whole dating thing has got me freaked out. That's a great idea. And and you and I are friends, and let's go on a practice date. And you know what? It's going to help a lot of things if you can get through a practice date with a friend, especially if you're you're in a big group like our our widow and widower group. You know, I want to say something here because I think it's really important. There are different kinds of fear. Yes. But the fear that's keeping you from moving forward, that is different than like, you know, you're dating someone, you've been dating for, for a couple of months and you're getting closer and there's a little bit of fear there. You're going to work through that yes. in the relationship. That's different. So I just wanted to make that note. Yeah. And a lot of times when I talk people through fear, um, somebody who got married really quick and then divorced, a, a widower, a widower, I talk, you know, I'm like, this is what fear is. And you're just focusing on this bad experience when you need to focus on the fact that you did make a good choice once upon a time and that you're capable of that. Yeah. And you had a good marriage because most of my widow, widower friends have had a really good marriage and a really successful marriage. And so we need to focus on the right things. That's right. And, That's you know, good. not, not on the, the mistake you made because you weren't in the right headspace. Right. Give yourself some grace. Yes, for sure. Okay. So the second thing I want to talk about, the trauma and dating, how it shows up, is just dating one person after another and another and another and another and another and another. another. I call them placeholders. Hmm. So is this like one or two dates and you go to someone else one or two dates? Oh, no. This is like a a year relationship, an eight-month relationship, a long relationship, and then you go, nah. I had a guy friend. Oh, it's who, a pattern. Yes, it's a pattern, and I call them placeholders. And I, I said, you do the yeah, but thing. And he goes, what? I'm like, oh, my gosh, she seems awesome and perfect for you. Yeah, but he could always find a yeah, but. And that's fear. That is fear. Yeah, but you know what? She has a kid in college, and my kids are younger, or yeah, but. And they were never valid excuses. But I think he was planning on going through woman after woman after woman until he died, honestly. But I I see this a lot. And eventually they get over the trauma and they open themselves up. But some, it takes longer than others. But so the serial dating thing, it's like never, ever committing and just having placeholders. Mm. That is a trauma response. So if you're stuck in that and you're you're like, oh, yeah, I have a lot of yeah buts. (laughs) Yeah. If you can always make an excuse why this person isn't perfect perfect for you. You can move through this faster, by the way, by doing some healing, specific healing for your trauma. Yes. Um, 
which we've talked about many times, but um, the work that I do, I'm not a licensed therapist. We are not licensed therapists. We are, we are, we're, we're coaches and we're guiding, but I do, through the guided meditation, it's really powerful to heal to heal the past that's not taken care of, you know, through your own psyche and in your own way. It's really different than like going to a therapist, but you can do EMDR, there's brain spotting, there's multiple different ways to do it. You don't have to sit in this for a long time. If you want to really target your trauma and yes. move through this faster and have it to be less pain, less painful over, over a shorter period of time, I would highly recommend you do that. Yes. Yes. We want to take no care matter of what the trauma is. All right. Another trauma response in dating is dating the unavailable. Oh gosh. Chasing after oh, someone. Oh my gosh. I see and chasing and chasing. So much. It's like, no, I'm in love with this person and never moving forward because you've got this person that you're chasing after or someone who's giving you a couple dates here and there that are emotionally unavailable that aren't going to commit to anybody. Yeah. And this is a trauma response that you are so, so set on this person. Interesting. And catching this person, but you're really not. You know you're not going to catch this person. Yeah, but it's like this story that you keep spinning over yes. and over again. It's like, I just can't get over him. I can't get over her. And I'm just like, yeah, and they're long gone dating other people. Right. Or, or I, know, I know they love me. Oh, yeah. I know they love me. It's like, well, they probably do love you, but the pieces aren't fitting together well enough for them to commit and to not be dating this other people. This is a wake-up call, yes. everybody. Wake-up call. This yeah. is a trauma response. And the final one that I've observed is dating just anybody, not showing any discretion. Do you have things in common? Do you, you know, are you going the same direction in life? Just dating anybody and everybody and being affectionate with them too soon. This is medicating. Mm -hmm. This is how people medicate. It's like, I'm just going to be affectionate. That feels good. I don't have to feel bad. You know, the trauma doesn't matter. doesn't matter. We have nothing in common. We don't even live in the same area. It's just like, go, 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 go. So. Yeah, so true. I've seen all of these things. If you want to learn more about trauma, we have a past episode where we talk about the specifics of trauma. Um, more specifically in, in more detail than this, but these are some of the signs um, that that you are having responding in trauma or, or, you know, someone you're dating is responding in trauma or someone you've seen. So those things need to be healed. Yes. They need to be taken care of before you dive into, a, a, you know, serious dating. Yes. Oh, for sure. So, but keep these in the back of your brain or in the front of your brain. It's like, stop and think. It's like your, da your dating situations aren't working. <laughs> Stop and think, am I doing these? Am I doing one of these? Oh, I am. <laughs> like yeah. maybe, maybe I'll have more successful dating experiences if I can get through the trauma. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So how do you know, Sharon, how do you know when you're in a, in a good place with your grief? Because, you know, we've talked about the, you know, we can't ever go turn back time. That person, no. like if they've passed away, they're gone. You know, how do we know if we're in a good place? Um, well, there's lots of signs. Um, first of all, the widow fog, you can plan and complete tasks. Okay, yeah. So you, you know, can start doing more. It can, it can be more normal. Yes. You can plan and complete. You can make a list of chores. You can make a grocery list. You, you can, can get, get more than one done in yes, a day. You can, you know, you're, you're more of a functioning human being, you know, without the response of the, the 
fight, flight, or freeze. Right. You know, because most of the people just freeze. Yeah. You know, in our in and our I would trauma. say from what I've observed in myself and others that you want to be in that place for more than one day. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you want to be consistently in that. Well, place. yeah, because you're going to get to that place, and guess what? Grief is messy. You might fall back. Right. One step forward, two steps back, yeah. two steps forward, one step back. It's a tango, right? <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a yeah. process. This is really a good point because I've been dealing with this. How do you recommend people deal with this? Like if they're dating someone, they feel like they are on their feet, like they're doing all right, and then they fall back two steps with the grieving process or whatever. What would you coach someone on? Who's actually dating someone? Yeah, maybe who's dating someone who's been going out. Well, they're, if they're dating someone and they're doing the two steps forward, one step back, or one step forward, two steps back, I hope that person they're dating is very patient. I hope that they can explain their grief to somebody because honestly, it just really, if you're in that tango, it's really not a good time to be dating. It's because somebody else is involved in this too, and they most likely don't understand what you're going through. And if you have good communication and they are compassionate and understanding, then they will be able to step back and give you space and time that you need. It's important that you know what you need and that you say, hey, I got to take a couple of days off. I need to deal with this. You know, I know I can't make any promises right now if you still want to date me. But, you know, so I think we can reclaim some of our power. Last week we talked about um, that we needed ways that we can you know, reclaim some of our, our power and some control of our lives because it feels like we've lost so much control. But right. it's baby steps. And this is one way you can is take charge of your dating life and let that person know. Now, if that person, if you're dating someone and, and they're uh, not compassionate about it, that says a lot about that does, them. That does but And if they step back and if they, like, give you the space, maybe they give you space multiple times, you know, that might be a keeper. That's someone who's really really thoughtful. Right. And that you can, you can handle that flexibility in the dating relationship with that person. Right. Well, and and I'm just going to say, be honest with your communication. Say, I don't know what's going on in my head today. How many, how many days have you felt like that, Peggy? Oh gosh, (laughs) you know, a lot. I mean, I, I, you picked me up from the airport when I got home from, from Louisiana with having gone through that with my sister and I, you dropped me off at my place and I said, I feel lost. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I'm home now, but yeah, I feel lost. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going to happen. Can I tell you, we had the same conversation twice at dinner. Oh gosh. (laughs) It just made me feel like, (laughs) my gosh, Sharon, I didn't even remember it until we were at the door. Oh my gosh. So yeah, we went to Indian food after, but I just, I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's just going through grief and it's okay. But it just, when, when you do stuff like that, you, uh, you just, it's, it's normal. And it was like, oh, that just makes the rest of us I'm feel so more glad. normal. I'm so glad you knew what was going on. I totally knew what oh, was going on. Oh, my gosh. Uh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, we're going to talk about this again. That's all right. So, um, <laughs> moving on, how do we know we're in a good place? Um, plan a complete test. Check. Um, you're not talking about them all the time. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of people who just, it's like talk and talk. And they talk about the trauma. Did you know? You know, I mean, I remember I must have talked about it a lot because we moved from one house to another at the four-month point, which I do not recommend. (laughs) I bought Mm. way too big of a house for us. I thought that was going to ease 
the grief for my kids. And when they say don't make big decisions, do not make de- big decisions because the house market fell and that house was really worthless. I had to, I had to stay in that house for years. Anyways, um, we had to put carpet on our stairs because our cat had dug it up. And I went in and told the lady, here's the carpet. You know, I just need stairs and left. And my daughter goes, I'm so proud of you. And I said, what? She goes, you didn't tell him dad died. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I'm like, have I been telling people dad died? She goes, you've been telling everyone that dad died. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I didn't even realize because, you know, another trauma response is like, I'm just going to yap at anybody. Yap, yap, talk, 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 talk. I've seen people like that. I've seen people in the singles world and they'll just talk, 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 talk. And I'm like, oh, take a breath. Yeah. Get some help. (laughs) Yeah. And a friend told me she ordered a cheeseburger and a Diet Coke at McDonald's and was giving money and it's like my husband just died <laughs> like I need my diet coke I would probably do the same thing <laughs> oh my gosh Aww. so so when you're not in that place where you need to unload it that's that's when you know probably you're a in a better time. place crying yeah. when you can actually hold your tears I actually burst into crying um at a date we were watching we bought a zoo and if you know we bought a zoo oh my gosh it was too be... much I had I had the dark artist kid I you know, we couldn't put down the animal. I, was, I mean, I just related way too much, and I just burst into tears at this movie. Oh and the guy's gosh. like, I don't know what to do with you right now. Don't do anything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So well, he was honest and said that. <laughs> yeah, because he really didn't know what to do with me. He's like, can I hug you? And I'm, no, don't touch me. Yeah, right. So but that's another thing. When someone's grieving like that, you don't touch them because it takes them out of it. And... You know, I mean, you'll have to kind of see the situation if it's on a date, but you didn't want to be touched. You needed to just, I just, I needed just, to yeah. be in that moment. Well, and I didn't know him well enough. And the poor guy, I don't think he ever asked me out again. Um, I'm trying to think back that far, but yes. So would, you know, when the crying is under control, we, we need to have the crying under control. Of course, we're going to be triggered. And of course, two steps forward, one step back, that's going to be a thing, but we need to be in a good place with that. And we need to be back to our cheery disposition. Right. Hopefully feeling, feeling some hope for life may be a good one too. Yeah. When you know you're starting to like the sun is coming out psychologically and you're like, okay, I can breathe. I I'm present in this moment. I'm present today. I can, you know, yeah, I, I have some hope. Yes. For the well, future. and that's the next one. Um, you're ready for your new normal. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's yeah. do this. This is, this is an empty slate. Yeah. But the empty slate is sad for a lot of people. But when the empty slate doesn't feel so sad, and like you said, when it feels hopeful, oh, I'm, I can fill this with anything. Right. Like you know? you, your life mm-hmm. is open to maybe something you were never able to do when, you yeah. know, in the past. Yeah. Something new and wonderful that yeah. you've always wanted to do, and you have hope for that. Yeah. And the last one I wanted to talk about was you're not triggered. You're not triggered by people, places, or things. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't pass that neighborhood because this happened there, or I can't pass the cemetery, or, you know, when things trigger you into grief, when you are past that, when you're like, okay, that happened. Because honestly, we want to have good memories of our deceased. Right. Can I, I'm going to focus this just for a brief moment about like divorce and grief. Mm -hmm. And if someone is triggering you like your ex and it sends you off, you're not in a place. I mean, it can trigger you and go, okay, I'm triggered. And you can, you know, if you can handle that and you can take care of it on your own and not 
project it out yes. onto other people, then then that's different than than just react being reactionary and making an assumption and judgment about that other person based on your own trauma. Right. So that is another sign that you're not ready yet. Right. If you're right. doing that. Right. And um, I want to talk about like the church building. The going, church going, building. Going back to church. Going back to church without your spouse. Oh, Same yeah. building. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I want to talk about sitting around and sharing memories and being in a good place with that instead of making you sad. So when you can do these things without being triggered, without going, oh, my gosh, they're not here, you know, when you can start doing things like that, then you are in a better place with your grief. That's good. Yeah, so those are good. All so, good things. Yeah. Should we move forward? Yes. Let's move forward. Let's all move forward in our lives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so is it when you're in good place with your grief like that, then you're ready to date? Yes. Well, if you well, want to date. Yes. If you if feel you like you're date. ready to date, too. I mean, that's the so, other thing is you're having a desire to, to yes. actually get to know people and not just to salve your sadness or right. loneliness, yes. right? But that you're like, gosh, it'd be nice to have companionship. And maybe it's again, like we've talked about, it's just socializing at first and then, you know, right. Slowly when do you know you're dating. in a healthy place? What, right. what is going on when you're in a healthy place in life? Um, you are actually creating your, your new normal. You're moving forward with your new normal and creating that and figuring that out. That's how you're in a good place. Um, you're becoming someone you like. You're getting at your own identity because a lot of times we get caught up in being a spouse and a parent. And it's like, okay, maybe I'm still a parent, but I'm not a spouse anymore, so who am I? And hopefully you're creating a person, an identity that you like, right? Yes, hopefully. Um, you actually have goals and plans for the future. That's part yeah, of... Yeah, you know what? I have had a really hard time doing anything for my future. Yes. And I've actually been dealing with that for like probably a year and a half or two years. And I didn't realize that that's part of what I've been going through is the grieving process. But it's been really yeah. hard for me to move forward. Yeah, that's a good tip. Well, you did start a podcast almost a year I, I, ago. Yeah, so, and you, you helped know. me with that. I did. And I am doing a guided meditation. We've been doing guided meditation stuff. So yes. Groups. So she is, she is moving forward. But this is literally. This has been baby steps. This is Heavenly Father's plan for us. Yeah. Is to move through this and to have plans and goals and, and to grow. be enjoy yes and to yes. have new experiences and to because the gospel is a gospel of joy yes I, I mean I keep thinking that's been part of my thing is like I know she's happy I know she's in joy yes. I I know that and I know that the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of joy that our savior died for us and that the moment that was completed the universe, you know, all the angels yes. and that were, oh, yes. were it, it, it was finished. It was yes. done. The adversary was overcome and pain and death. Once he was resurrected, right. were overcome. And so to have that perspective has, has, it's been kind of in conflict with my grieving process actually, but I've been trying to balance all of that. But today I'm like, I'm moving forward in joy. Yes. Well, and that's the thing though. They're still vacant from us. And this is our wiring. Um, two weeks ago, we did a a podcast on grief and loss. And so if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. Because this is our wiring. Yeah. They are vacant from us. Yeah. And we're probably not vacant from them. Right. And so they are so it's still a process. Yeah. I just have to balance that with moving forward. You yes. Know, with you know. Yes. And enjoy. that's the thing. If you're stuck, 
this is a normal part of the process, especially this early for you. This yeah. it hasn't been that long for you. Nope. So, okay. Finding new hobbies and interests. What have you always wanted to do? What have you maybe not always wanted to Are do? Are you but, asking me? But, no, <laughs> but found. <laughs> I know I'm looking right at her. I'm like, do I? I yes. <laughs> or have you found something new that you want to try? This yeah. is a good thing. And if you're able to do this, this is a good, healthy place for you. Yeah. To, to, that's part of the dreaming, hoping, mm, yes, recreating what you want. You need to be in that place. You need to be not living in the past and what ifs. You need to be dreaming and hoping and and wondering and all that good rainbows and butterfly kind of stuff, right? Rainbows and butterflies, yes. Okay, living a well-balanced life, which we are going to talk about. If you're living a well-balanced life, if you if you feel good about all your areas, if you're getting all your needs met. Um, you are in a good place. And the one more thing I want to mention about this, you can still do all these things. You can be in this healthy place and still honor your spouse. This is moving forward. This is not moving on. And there's a big difference between moving on and moving forward, right? Yeah. And I would think that just acknowledging that that comes, like you bump up against that. Like if you're thinking about doing something fun and then you're like, oh, but and you feel, think about your spouse yes. or your yeah. sister like, or whoever. Oh, it's not going to be as fun without them. Right. Or, or I can't do this. Like I've, Penny went on a mission to Paris, France years ago. And I really, I really want to go and visit Paris. And we wanted to do it together. And I've had someone talk to me recently about doing it with them. And I, and I had this grief come up. I can't do this because Penny right. won't be there. So it'll be a little bit of time, I mean, but, but yeah, that you, you got to kind of manage that and yes. rec- just recognize that's coming up and yes. just say, it's okay. Naturally, I would want, yeah. I would want, I would have wanted to do that with her. Right. Well, that's the thing. Penny wants you to move forward. You oh, know? know, she wants you to go to France. She didn't get to go with you, but she still wants you to go. And that's how, that's how our spouses would feel about us. It's like live a healthy, well-balanced life. Yeah. You know, have new hobbies and interests. It's like, I'm not here anymore, but that doesn't mean that well, number one, that doesn't mean that they're not here anymore, but that doesn't mean they don't want you moving forward with your life. Right. Because they do. Right. So, I'm not sure how we're going to do this next part. <laughs> we, t- we talked about, in fact, there's a YouTube video. I just uh, spoke at a conference, and there's a YouTube video on my page, Dating Again, that has all the graphs and things. I'm like, we're going to do this without graphs and charts and PowerPoint. Um, Happiness and confidence. That's the two best ways you can put yourself out there is in happiness and confidence. That's the two most attractive qualities you can have. And we've talked about this in other podcasts. So what makes us happy? That is a good question. And if you don't know the answer to that question, because for so many years, I didn't really understand that. I didn't know because I was in a, you know, Right. Not a good place in a system that wasn't about me, that was about someone else. Right. But um, yeah, that's a good question. What makes you happy? So I'm going to start with, of course, the gospel makes us happy and Jesus and Heavenly Father make us happy. But having our needs met. Yeah, knowing our needs. And, you know, we knowing. need to know what our needs are. Some of us don't. Yes. We haven't thought about that, but we need to think about what are my needs. And we've talked before about when we talked on our podcast about self care, about their needs and wants, and they're equally as important. Yes. 
And if we can get most of our needs met ourselves, of course, we have the need to pair off and we can't do that ourselves. But if we can get our basic human needs, um, if we can complete those ourselves, then we are ahead of the game. Yeah. And hopefully that we're going to pair off with somebody who's, who's completed theirs, who's, who's, you know, who's satisfying their own basic human needs on their own, because then we're, we don't need anything. Our needs are met and we can just sit in joy and happiness, right? Right. So should we talk about some of the needs? Yes. Um, Our need for stability. We need stability. So that's having a routine. That's maybe our job and our kids, our, you know, our general routine. Maybe that's a trip quarterly. Whatever your routine is that keeps you feeling safe and that keeps you feeling stable. Um, Super st- important yep. to get back to that, that stability for yourself. Yes. Okay, mm. and then we have a need for adventure. Unstability. <laughs> <laughs> We're going out and do something different, something new. Adventure. That actually is a critical part of being in a relationship with yourself or with someone else. Yes, and I'm going to say adventure goes with fun. Fun, <laughs> fun and adventure, fun. and sometimes this is risk-taking. Sometimes it is risk-taking. It can be baby steps and risk-taking. Yes. But sometimes that's what an adventure is. Yeah. An adventure could be going to a different restaurant and trying food you've never tried before. Yes. You know? Yeah, definitely. So that's um, one of our basic human needs. Um, Contribution. Contribution. Making a contribution. Oh, yeah. Um, and this does not mean monetarily. This means contributing to the world. This, this is our service. Right. Um, we have a basic human need for contribution. We need to help each other. Multi-level markets. Since we live in the pyramids of Utah. <laughs> <laughs> um, multi-level markets um, prey on people like that. It's like, you know what? People are naturally wired to help us. And so that's, that's their big game is can you help me by signing up three people? For a multi-level marketing company, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's so interesting. We, You know, one of the things that I've thought of and that I've really prayed for, um, and then this has happened since I started praying for it, it's been a while, but that I need community. Yes. I need to feel valued. I need to have that connection. And that can help when you aren't pairing off when things aren't working right. at least but you have a community where you yes. contribute and you're valued and you value other people as well in the community so yeah need yes um we have a a human need for growth which is actually a spiritual need as well because that's literally our plan right Yes, that is the gospel of Jesus Christ is growing. Uh, I got to say a quote that I got from someone on Sunday in church. Um, There is no comfort in the growth zone, and there is no growth in the comfort zone. Oh, that is exactly true. That is interesting, huh? That is. And so if you're sitting in your comfort zone and you're not uncomfortable and I'm not saying that you're, you're in a happy place and so, so you, you're not growing, but it's something to think about. If you're in your comfort zone, there may not be the growth that you need. I mean, and that's part of what we're talking about. All this stuff we're bumping up against, this trauma that happens yes. and this, this grieving that can happen, this loss that can happen, this promotes growth. Yes. And that's what we're in for here. That is yep. the plan. Yep. And I mean, and I'm going to call grief a ginormous speed bump on our road, on our journey. Yes. 
you know, and we're going to have lots of speed bumps, but yeah, I was going to, I'm going to say, but you know what? We're all going to grieve something in our lifetime unless you die when you're eight. You know what I mean? (laughs) Unless you die, we're all going to be grieving. There's losses. There's more than just human beings that we lose. You know, well, yeah, but we're going to lose our parents. We know that. Right. You know, more likely than not, we're going to lose our parents or a sibling or, you know. And so, yeah, losses. You might lose a job. You might lose your physical health. I mean, there's a lot of losses that can happen. Yep. So self-preservation, the next one. So I'm going to call that self-care and go back and listen to our podcast on self-care if you haven't. We literally talk about six different areas. Yeah, it's super important. Of self-care. Self-preservation, yeah, taking care of yourself and loving yourself. Yes. So, um, yes, learn to love yourself for you. And it's like if you're having a hard time with that, that's where the goals and the growth come in, the self-improvement. And get support if you need. Yeah. And then um, our higher power is another another need we all spiritual need, connection we, yes connection we all need to believe in a in a higher power whether that's yourself or i mean we're all lds so of course that's heavenly father yeah. <laughs> you know and and christ um so if we put all these in a big pie chart we would put growth in the middle because there's all these areas that we can grow in right Mm-hmm. Like our, you know, if house and kids were in one pie piece and our job was in one pie piece and fun and adventure and spirituality and service and we have this big pie piece, where do you think our new spouse would go? Well, you already know. because I do that. know the answer to this question. But for our listeners, where does the new spouse go? Everywhere. He would go or she would go around this pie chart. If be this is in a all chart, aspects of yes, your life. They, yeah. they either need to be supportive or involved in every aspect of, of all of this. Yeah. And so this is, I, I, I make equal portions of the pie chart, even though they might not be um, equal. And, um, and you just look at what, where, you're, where you have a deficit and where you need to focus and yes. spend yes. some time on so, that. So that there is a well-balanced life. And your social and dating would be another yeah, another pie chart, just make, you know, because we are social beings. But, um, but the dating would go in, in, in your social piece of, of the pie charts. Like you said, the community, the, right. you know. Right, yeah. Yeah. So make sure that we're living a well-balanced life. Can we talk about confidence for a minute? Because I think people are kind of confused about confidence. How do you know when you're being a confident person? That's a good question. How do you know when you have confidence? I think when what other people say or do doesn't change how you feel about yourself. Yes. So much. Perfect. That is perfect. When you actually like yourself. You like yourself and and you you like the direction you're going in. And yeah, other people's opinions really don't matter. Um, things that kill our confidence really fast, um, comparing ourselves to others. That's not uh, the plan. Yeah. That's not Heavenly Father's plan for us. We're it's individuals. Hard. We were born individuals. He created us all different. That's what makes the world go round. Um, confidence protects you from, from someone, when you're dating, from someone that doesn't have your best interest at heart. Yes. It can really protect you. Your confidence, knowing who you are, um, can really protect you from someone who is not healthy. Yes, and I've seen it over and over again, um, a lot of widows, like being married is very validating, and I've seen a lot of people's self-esteem really tank 
after they've lost a spouse. Mm. And which would make sense that then they then a lot of people go into second marriages that are yes, unhealthy. That are unhealthy. And so we really need to bolster ourselves up. You know, we need to it's like a good where awareness. We're going. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good awareness. Yeah. And so we need to not play the victim. When you're sitting in, in victim mode, that's when predators prey on you. Mm-hmm. You know? And so um, so work on the well-balanced, the happy, the confident life. Um, put yourself out there in a really good, healthy way. The last thing I wanted to talk about was red flags and scammers. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of scammers, male and female, that prey on... People who are the still widows. in cra- trauma and yes. grief and grieving. Yes. And, and anybody they think might have money from life insurance. <laughs> so um, be aware. Scammers, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. Should we go down the list? They look like military people sometimes. Like on Facebook? Yes. Or yeah, they have perfect online. pictures. Yes, all their pictures are absolutely perfect. They reach out and they fall in love with you really fast. They start. Uh, they start acting like you're the you're only one for them, yes. and really fast. I'm gonna tell you. You. I'm gonna. I'm 99% confident that you are not going to fall in love with someone on the internet. You might become very attached to them. Um, you could be attracted to their pictures, but you don't really know anything about them. All you know is what they're telling you. So um, they will tell you. Th- they will, they will over-compliment you. You know yourself. If you're getting compliments that aren't really you, that's another one. They'll want you to keep it a secret mm. because your rose-colored glasses are probably on with all the flattery and nobody else's are. <laughs> so, um, You know what I would do? I, we, I don't, we haven't talked a lot about this, but I'm thinking about it because I have a pretty good radar for this kind of thing and I think some people don't your trauma your unhealed past your grieving will it's like a cloud over your eyes you won't be able to see um it'll be challenging to see I should say and not that you won't but pray for spiritual gifts to know yes like the gift of discernment Mm-hmm. Yes, it, definitely. You know, I've talked to I've talked to women, and I've done the same thing. Where you can look at a picture and go, uh, uh-uh, uh, just yeah. by the picture. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's it's a feeling. It's the gift of discernment. Right. And so we can pray for those things to help us. And if oh, you're particularly sure. vulnerable, if you're in a vulnerable place, um, pray for those things. Strengthen yourself. Yes. Against well, that's that the thing. Kind we're gonna we're gonna eat up everything they tell us true or not because right. we this could we be someone online that. or it could be in person yeah. oh I yeah mean, there's a yeah. lot of people i know um a friend in saint george she got scammed out of all her savings oh she married him oh and it was like his sixth marriage but she didn't know that and so it's like you know we Let's do- go back to my thing that people don't that people might argue with me on but you need to learn about the person you're dating before oh, yeah. you dive into marriage and if that means you talk to their ex well, and I know they're, they're, they, if they're, they've lost a spouse, you can't. But talk to the family members and get a full picture, and you'll learn. Yes. You'll learn what you need to learn. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, I've, heard other, I've heard stories like that, too. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Don't so, ever tell anybody how much money you have or well, what your financial thing. situation I, is. I just recommend you you keep, know you can really trust them. I recommend you just keep money out of dating altogether. A girlfriend um, lent some guy just a couple hundred dollars for his rent and you know they were dating they were 
not serious, but they were exclusive kind of. And um, then he came the next month for something else. And she said, no. She's like, you haven't even paid me back for the first. And he got really, really mad. And it's like, it's just good to keep money out of it altogether. Nobody right. needs to know anybody's incomes or life insurance situations or anything like that. Um, most scammers will, um, they're scammers with money laundering where they'll actually ask you to deposit money into a bank account and then transfer it somewhere else. That's literally a felony, <laughs> you know? So just keep money out of it altogether. If they want to come see you from another country, you don't need to pay for the plane ticket because no, they're no, not no, going to no. show mm -hmm. up. There's so many scammers out there. So just get to know. Um, a good way to get to know if a person's a scammer or not is to FaceTime because I guess there's like a big Nigerian <laughs> scammer. Well, and a lot of times the English isn't even proper. Yeah, they you can you know, tell. It's, yeah. And so, so, so don't override the gut. There, yeah. We've talked about your gut before in the podcast about um, abuse. You follow your gut and don't override it. Don't think, yes. well, there's nothing here that says that I can see, but my gut's going, ah, oh, that's probably not good. Oh, that's... And then you say to yourself, well, I really love hearing what he's saying. Oh, I really yes. love, I really love the fact that she's, you know, whatever. So don't, don't, don't override Well, they're going to have everything in common with you, no matter what. You know, they're going to just say, that, oh, I like all the same, you know, the same things. What do you like to do for fun? Oh, that's my favorite, you know. So protecting so, yourself yes. from that is being in a healthy place, which yes. is having done your grieving work, having done your yes. healing, your trauma, so that you're clear headed and that your gut is on and that you're confident and right. all of that. Right. I know several widows that have sent money to people outside the country or outside the state. And it's just, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, a few other red flags. You know, we know that, like, there's some obvious ones, lying and cheating and things. A lot of people haven't dated. A lot of people married their high school sweetheart. And I hear people, I mean, those are a lot of my coaching. <laughs> my coaching clients is, I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't dated since high school. I've known, I knew my wife since I was 16 years old. You know, um, other red flags. Should we just talk yeah. about, you know, um, you marry who you date. So if there's lying and cheating and hiding things. It's um, an instant no. Yes. It's an instant cutoff. That boundary goes up. Yes. If you're confused about the relationship, you know, take mixed signals as a no. Yeah. Mixed if, signals as a no. You know, it's like if, if it's not a yes, it's a no. And so, you know, there's a lot of hazards out there. People talk about narcissists and things all the time. Do you feel like you're being gaslit? Are they trying to make you feel like you're crazy? Are they making you feel like everything's your fault? Are they telling you what you think and feel? Yes. Which the, is a big red flag. The control. Yeah. So just be careful out there. Are there a few more that we can talk about? Do you, do you have a few more are off there, the top? Are there questions that they're asking that you're like, why would they ask that question? Like yes. I had a guy ask me, what's your dress size? I'm like, the man I was married to didn't even ask me what my dress size yeah. was. Why do you, and I'd gone out with him once. I'm like, why do you need to know my dress size? Yeah. I'm sorry, but you don't, you know? No. No, that's just, yeah. And I mean, or there are things, if things don't make sense, yes. if things aren't adding up, and also if multiple people are coming to you and saying, hey, there's yes. some, some stuff here that you may not know about. And I'm not saying they're just talking bad, bad mouthing the person. Right. Have your, you know, follow the spirit, you know, yes. if they're bad mouthing the person, I think you're going to know. Right. But if somebody's actually saying, hey. There's something here you might want to look at. And you're going, oh, that doesn't sound good. It's a hard no. It's a no. Yeah. Or at least ask the person and see their response. 
And then you'll get a lot more information. But yes. for me, I've most of what I've seen is it's really uh, a no. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, you know, usually, especially in our community, people have dated who were dating. Right. And so it's like they would know. But um, also, like, how do they handle conflict? Yes. You know? That is a big one. How do they handle conflict? If they can't handle conflict well, if they run away from it, if they're trying to look like a good guy, Reactive if they're just, to it, or they just like, oh, temper. Yeah. yeah, or anything. If they can't just say, hey, you know what? I disagree, or I know you're disagreeing with me. Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Or, right. you know, that's a, that's a big deal. Yes, and an apology and the behavior not changing, that's a huge red flag. Yeah, they do one thing and they say one thing and do another, that's a red flag. Yes, so it's just good to know the red flags. There's videos out there. There's all sorts of information about red flags. It's just good to get to know the red flags. And you just remember, you marry who you date. A marriage certificate does not mean that they're going to shape up. In fact, it probably means they're going to relax a little. Right. Another red flag is if they're... If they're just showering you with money, flowers, or um, like a, a ton of affection, or obvious ones would be like crossing a physical boundary. Um, but if somebody's really showering you and you're going, oh man, this is amazing, and there's nothing wrong with this person, that can be a red that, flag. Uh, that normally is a red flag because you're going to have to take the good with the bad. Right. That's just if human you can't beings. see anything that's like, you better start looking for it and you yes. start asking questions. But someone who's just throwing money at you, I've seen this recently actually. And um, that, you know, figure that out. What is that about? What What is that really about? Yeah. It's like, are they really trying to impress you that bad <laughs> or are they covering up something? Yeah. And if you buy into that, it you might want to look at yourself and say, what is it about me Yeah. that I am willing to either this or anything, willing to be a part of something that's not true. Right. Right. Affection that's not really coming from the right place. Right. You know? Right. Okay. So, good Scammers, ones. Scammers, red flags. So, number one, follow your gut. Be close to Heavenly Father. Yes. Strengthen yourself. Yes. Do your healing work. Great Do your confidence. Yes. Do your research. If you're dating someone and there are questions that come up, Google them. Go yeah. online. They may have some restraining orders against them. And if that's the yes. case and you you find out stuff you didn't know, that's a hard stop You can no. see past spouses. You can see all sorts of stuff online. But if you don't feel like you can ask that person, that right there is a red flag. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All Thank right. Thank you, Sharon. That was really good information on grief and dating. Hopefully, Be safe out there. Yes. Hopefully that's helpful. And we'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it inspired you on your dating journey. Please share this with anyone you think might benefit from what you've heard today and click the button to follow us. You can reach either Sharon or I at datetoyourpotential.com. We work with people who are single or married. We want you to know you are not alone. We support you. We are in this with you.